Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, so uh, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Uh, we're, I'm very happy to have our next guest on the show. Uh, and we actually went to the launch of the boat in Dingle uh, a couple of months ago. So you're going to learn more about this. So first of all, who do we have the pleasure of speaking to today? Hi there, I'm Aidan Fitzgerald. I'm the Research Vessel Manager in the Marine Institute and the Project Manager for the build of the new Tom Crean. Awesome. Okay, so I guess, is it a logical journey to what you do now uh, from your own career? Um, uh, probably in latter years, yeah, I know I've had a, a quite a varied background. I've been uh, an electrician, a pilot and a marine scientist, so I've ended up looking after ships, so it's sort of a, a logical <laughs> progression of some sorts, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so so that brings us to, um, I have you down that your, your role is research vessel manager. So how would you explain what it is that you do now and what you're working on? Yeah, so basically, uh, uh, in the normal run of events, uh, myself and my team here are responsible for um, keeping the vessels busy, as in scheduling different types of surveys for them to do over the course of the year. The two ships between them normally do 600 or more days per year. So we have a, a wide variety of sort of users from our internal Marine Institute scientists doing fishery surveys and see the mapping surveys to academic institutions who are offered use of the vessel uh, for free mostly. And we also do some interesting charter work for other international organizations in Norway and France and Germany. So we put together that whole um, plan for the year. And then we work with our vessel operator who are PO Maritime uh, to plan each survey and to make sure each survey delivers what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, so the uh... The RV Tom Crean, it was launched in Dingle, uh, it's based in Galway, but wh where will it operate? Is it going to be uh, west of Ireland or will it go further afield? So uh, the ship, so we operate out of three or four ports really with our vessels. So Galway is our home port, it's where our, all our facilities are. We, op we operate out of Cork a lot and out of Killybegs and Dublin. So they're the main ports that we work out of. Um, the Tom Crean, like its sister ship, which is slightly larger, the Celtic Explorer, will do a lot of work in Irish waters, out, you know, two, three hundred miles out, uh, as well as stuff that's slightly more coastal. Uh, but we also do work in uh, in France. Uh, our vessels go to uh, Germany a couple of times a year, usually, and up all across the Atlantic, over into the Labrador Sea, up into the High Arctic. So for now, because this vessel is slightly smaller, it's, and it's got so much work to do, it's largely going to be based in Irish waters and the surrounding waters uh, for the moment. But yeah, it will it will venture farther afield, all right, in due course. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so 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 when it's out there, um, what kind of uh, things are you studying? I mean, so so we're down in West Cork, and I know that there was um, some uh, some whale initiatives to look at whales. Um, what kind of things uh, is is the Tom Crean hoping to monitor, discover, explore, and find out more about? Okay, so uh, it has a. It probably will do about twenty-four or five surveys over the course of the year. Um, the sort of more the first thing we'll be doing this year is we're doing what's called a winter environmental survey, which is manned by our own scientists here, 
where we effectively do uh, sort of a, a tour halfway around Ireland uh, where we look at water, we take water samples, we look at the, any pollutants in the water and the, the, the climatic conditions in the water. We also take sediment samples that are analysed for pollutants and things like that. So that's a fairly detailed survey that's done every year. One year it goes north about, one year it goes south about. Uh, then we'll um, take a bit of time to do uh, some student training. We do quite a bit of student training, so different students from ATU, NUIG, and uh, UCC and others come out and they do day trips on the ship where they learn, depending on their discipline, they learn different parts of, of the equipment on the ship and how to put them into, into use. Then we'll spend quite a bulk of the year doing the Inframar program where we're effectively mapping the seabed. So we've been working on this since 2003. Uh, or even earlier, in fact, and every year we map about about 6,000 kilometers of our seabed. So we've about four years left to map our entire, we've a, a big patch of the Celtic Sea left to do. So the Tom Cream will spend a long time this year, up to 90 odd days mapping in the Celtic Sea. So that's using multi-beam echo sounders to establish the depth and the shape and the sort of materials that are on the seafloor. So that's a big part of our program this year. And then we also spend uh, about a month and a half doing underwater TV surveys where we tow a camera on the seabed for 10 minutes and we count all the prawn or nephrops burrows that we see. And we use those counts to tell us the density of the stock in all our prawn grounds. So that goes directly then into establishing the, the quota for prawns, which is a very valuable species for Irish fishermen and the Irish seafood industry. Um, then we're doing some work on uh, things like uh, harmful algal blooms, uh, looking at off the southwest coast, not far from U.S. Cork there, looking at uh, the dispersion and the presence of these harmful algal blooms that can affect the shellfish industry. Uh, we're doing a campaign then on, as you mentioned, marine mammals. So we're doing some work off the Malin Shelf, and it's working with the scientists from Atlantic Technological, Technological University. So they're looking at various mammal species there and looking how the ecosystem supports them and any changes in the ecosystem that might be affecting them. So that's a sort of a snapshot uh, flavor of what we'll be doing for the year. A lot of mapping, some biological work, some fisheries work, and uh, a lot of training. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, that's that, that sounds really interesting and, and quite diverse with with the mapping of the seabed and the the research about that and with the uh, filming under the water. Have you come? Have, have you learned anything that was surprising or, or, or contrary to what you expected to find? Or have you proved things that people wondered were happening, but were unsure? I guess, like, have, have there been any interesting insights or unexpected insights from the mapping that's taken place to date? Yeah, on the we also do a lot of mapping out in the Atlantic. We've done a lot of transects to the Atlantic Ocean from Canada to Ireland with the larger ship with the Celtic Explorer. And uh, often we're mapping places there in detail completely for the first time ever. A lot of the records will be based on very, very old, 100-year-old measurements. And we've found entire new mountain ranges effectively uh, in, in the middle of the Atlantic. So, we, you know, we're seeing a lot more detail in the Atlantic uh, that would be completely unknown. Uh, we've done a lot of work. We have a we've remotely operated vehicle or ROV called the Holland One, and that's been in use since 2008. We do about 50 to 70 days a year of work with that down to 3,000 meters. So we found things like entirely new shark nurseries down at uh, 1,000 meters water depth off the west coast. There's just uh, hundreds of thousands, up to millions of shark uh, and shark egg casings uh, on the seabed. So yeah, we've definitely made some uh, interesting discoveries, including another one we did with the ROV down off the 
just north of the Azores, we found an entire new uh, series of uh, deep sea vents, which are essentially underwater volcanoes with their whole unique ecosystem. So that was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, and, and, and the thing about that is, is I mean, I, I know that, that you have life forms down there that I think are silicon based, aren't they? That they, those kind of discoveries can be really useful for then space exploration as well, because you're looking at uh, life forms that are existing not based not, uh, that are not carbon based and so I guess if you're finding off the Azores uh, that could potentially open up a whole area of research um, in, within within European waters couldn't it yeah there's quite a lot of work being done on it but yeah they're basically they're uh, they don't rely on, on sunlight for their energy source uh, they're relying on uh, the minerals and, and things coming out from their from these deep sea vents they're a whole unique very unique life form yeah exactly yeah um but yeah so there's lots of lots of different inter interesting things like that particularly in deep water where it's so vastly different to the i guess for our terrestrial environment yeah oh for sure i mean and, and the, the amount of pressure yeah you have to be a, a different type of life form um so look the boat's called the tom Crean. um it's built in spain designed in norway and and i guess even tell us a bit about the the choice of the name because I mean obviously uh, in Kerry uh, people know the name quite well but maybe not everyone does and then you know it's it's quite a an international project really isn't it? Yeah, so the name uh, I suppose we chose the name midway through the build. Um, it, yeah, and it's been a very popular name. I'm from uh, Kerry myself, from down in Tom Crean country myself, so I've been very well aware of. Uh, Tom Crean as I was growing up and in fact we've had a couple of other smaller boats named after Tom Crean since as far back as 2006 so for us we already recognized uh, Tom Crean as being you know a, a great example of, of I suppose an Irish uh, adventurer and seaman and just a great hero in general as well so you know we think it reflects well the, the work of the ship and it's been really popular with staff and with the public and it's really really got people's attention so we're delighted with the name and how it's worked out. And and then it was so it was built in Vigo and designed in Norway. So was that a yeah. a complex thing to manage or? <laughs> yeah. So the way we built the ship, we did a we essentially we did a, we provided the design, and then we went and selected a shipyard that we built to the design that we had uh, um, uh, commissioned. So the designers uh, were a company called Skip Technisk, who designed our previous vessel, which was one of the very early. Um, in modern silent vessels that was built so we they have a great track record in the area so we went with the guys uh, from Norway and that and we spent a year working with them uh, designing the ship going through all our our the needs of our users and our crew as well and what we wanted from the ship and when that was got to an advanced stage then we went to tender and we selected a shipyard eventually it was a shipyard in Vigo called Astilleros Arman and we were yeah it worked out very well so there was a little bit complicated so we had the yard had to build to our design, so we had some uh, people from the, the designers in the yard making sure that that everything was built according to spec. So we were in in the we had oversight of both the two of them then making sure that the, the design met what we wanted and that the yard built the design. So it took a bit of management, but uh, it worked out uh, very well in the end. We were delighted with the end result. Cool. Okay, so this might be a dumb question, but what is a silent vessel? And talk a bit about maybe the energy efficiency side of how the boat operates. Okay, so the the, the noise that we're largely concerned with is underwater radiated noise, noise, which is becoming 
uh, huge, uh, quite a big issue now um, uh, globally because of its effect on mammals, such as uh, large mammals like whales and dolphins, as well potentially on, on, on the fish. Uh, so the main reason that we designed the vessel to be silent uh, in terms of its noise that radiates underwater is to allow us to uh, very effectively use acoustic techniques to measure fish stocks. So that's where the initial um, requirement to have a silent vessel uh, came from. So we build a vessel to meet a certain curve, an underwater noise, noise curve, that it won't exceed certain decibel levels at certain frequencies. And this is called the ICS 209 curve, which was uh, some work that was done by the International Council for the Exploration of the Seas to try and define, a, you know, a silent vessel, and then that all vessels are quieter than this particular standard. So we built it to that. Now it's a very stringent um, design. So it means effectively you have to reduce the amount of noise that it's radiating into the water. So the way you achieve that is that you uh, every all the um, all the engines and motors and pumps on board the vessel are all doubly mounted, resiliently mounted on double um, uh, mounting so that their their vibration essentially doesn't transmit through the hull. And then you don't have a gear, we don't have a gearbox, we use an electric motor to turn the propeller so you don't have the crunching noise of gearboxes uh, ca causing noise, noise. So we're using al an alter alternate current motor, an AC motor, to turn our single uh, bladed propeller so it means you have no noise, a very little noise transmitting through into the hull. As well as that, we use a lot of insulation and very viscoelastic tiles and things on the interior of the ship to absorb noise or to stop noise transmitting through into the hull. And then the final thing, because to propel the ship, you use a propeller. So the propeller is designed, so we've actually a seven-bladed propeller. Uh, it's very like a submarine propeller, actually. That uh, It's seven-bladed to reduce the pressure on the blades. So you have more blade surface area. Uh, and you don't have cavitation on the propeller. Whereas if you put a propel propeller under high pressure, you'll start to get cavitation, which is a little formation of bubbles on the propeller, which actually sounds like um, sort of almost like gunshots underwater. So you have a quiet propeller that doesn't create much noise. You have a quiet way of turning that propeller, and then the interior of your vessel and all the equipment in it is noise, noise um, silenced. In terms of energy efficiency, it's obviously very important for us to have uh, especially nowadays with the well, with the price of fuel, one thing, and also the emission levels. Uh, we've designed the ship to be as energy efficient as possible. So we, in the design phase, we went through all the, the sort of hotel loads of the ship, which are like things like air conditioning, heating, lighting, all those. We, you know, we have LED lighting throughout. We're doing heat recovery on, on, our, on, our, on our air conditioning and different ways. If people aren't in a room, things to detect the the uh, CO, the carbon monoxide levels in a room, or carbon dioxide levels rather, that will reduce the airflow to that room if there's nobody in it. So we're just trying to, all all throughout the ship, trying to reduce the amount of energy used. As well as that, the hull of the ship is designed to give as little resistance as possible as it's going through the water. So it takes less power to propulse it through the water. We also have looked at the, the, the sort of layout and the number of, because we're basically a generating station. So we create electricity to turn the propellers and to other services throughout the ship. So we have a, two different sizes of generator. We have two big ones for when we're at sea, we can use one or the other. And then we have a smaller generator then when we're in port uh, to minim to maxim you know, to match the power requirement with the size of the engine. So to make sure the engine is operating as efficiently as possible. And then another thing, we've made the ship capable of using HVO, which is hydro-treated vegetable oil, which gives a reduction, a net reduction of 90% uh, 
in your CO2 emissions because it's from um, the renewable sources. So it's a HVO ready ship. And also the vessel is designed that can be plugged into renewable uh, electricity from shore when it's in port, which is a, a big thing. So it, it can be all its generators can be shut down. It can be moved over onto renewable electricity. That's very interesting. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the uh, scientific equipment on the boat as well? Yeah, so the vessel is a multi-purpose vessel, so it's equipped to do a lot of different tasks. So it, for seabed mapping, it has uh, two uh, multi-beam echo sounders on it, which is basically a high-resolution sonar system for mapping the seabed. So it actually has two of those on board with room for a future one. These are all different frequencies. And it has a thing called the USBL, which is a system for positioning uh, 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 items of equipment sub-sea. So that, that tells you always where something is when something is deployed over the side. The vessel has very high accurate uh, GPS systems as well. It can position itself down to about 0.3 of a meter, uh, uh, both vertically and, and horizontally. Uh, the ship then is a thing called a drop keel that it has some of its sensors on that's lowered about three meters below the, the, the hull of the ship uh, to make sure all the sensors are in uh, are in clear, un, un, unaerated water to make sure they perform well. Because the vessel is so quiet as well, all our acoustic equipment performs better because there's less background noise, so it, it really produces fantastic data. Um, so yeah, um, that that's the basically our, our mapping equipment. Then the vessel is set up then with a, a whole host of uh, winches and various other equipment for scientific fishing, uh, and we've a pretty good uh, broadband system uh, to allow people to to stay connected at all times and to broadcast data to shore, uh, etc. Um, so yeah, that that's basically the the the, 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 the equipment that's aboard the ship. Awesome, thank you very much. Look, that's great. That's very positive, and, and it is it is nice that you know as technology evolves, we these things can be incorporated into uh, in, new new builds. So it's, that's that's great. Um, how do you remain informed and up to date about uh, trends in marine research and um, possible future interesting things that could be coming down the the line? So in terms of, I guess, the efficiency of the vessel or the silence of the vessel and the various new types of science equipment that can be on board vessels. Uh, we're, we're a member of a, of a European group and an international group uh, where all research vessel operators come together to, to share knowledge and uh, things like that. I'm also the head of a, a project called Eurofleets, which is a European uh, Union funded project that's been running for the last four years, uh, where basically we, we come together as vessel operators to, to give access to scientists, but also we work on things like energy efficiency and standardization and incorporation of new equipment. So it's a very uh, tight uh, community and we share experiences and we share our when we're people are building ships, we share our knowledge as much as possible. As well as that, I guess you have the, there's a general um, sort of uh, push in the, the shipping industry in general. Uh, there's legislative requirements to reduce energy, reduce emissions, and we keep in touch with, with uh, those developments as well all the time. Okay, cool. Um, it's been very interesting and informative to speak to you. How can people learn more about you and your work, both for the RV Tom Crean and, and the wider projects that you guys are working on? Yeah, so we, we've, uh, if you just hop onto our website, www.marine.ie, um, you can go into infrastructures there, and uh, there's a whole load of interesting pages about the vessels. And there's a nice timeline there of the build of the Tom Crean showing how it evolved from a uh, paper idea to a delivered chip. So yeah, our website should have a lot of info there. We're also on Twitter and Facebook and things as well, so we can catch up there. Look, uh, it's been lovely to speak to you, so uh, thanks very much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks, Neil.
Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.